we're taking a country drive on a nice little dude's rock getaway mm-hmm. with America's manliest podcast, The Pod People. <laughs> That's right. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, the Broroboros. <laughs> the Broroboros? <laughs> yeah. The Broroboros. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Ben? Uh, I'm Ben Sheets and... See, I was going to say I'm the impregnator, but that just sounds wrong. <laughs> so uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just say dudes rock. Dudes you rock. Know. Dudes rock. Dudes fucking rock. Hello, and I'm... Ah! Ah! I want my chilies. <laughs> Baby birth ribs. Oh, okay. You kind of pulled it out there. Okay, oh, yeah, you're getting baby, there. Bur- baby birth ribs. I'll take it. Uh, well, you know, baby boys, birth ribs <laughs> with barbecue sauce. Sometimes there's got to be one for just the dudes, right? <laughs> for for the boys. Yeah, uh, sort of a Russian nesting doll of dudes. <laughs> you know, before this episode, we were all boys. Now we are men. This was truly a boys to men uh, experience. <laughs> truly. Boys to men. Motown Phillies back again. <laughs> <laughs> Given birth all over again. Doing a little East Coast swing. Boys to men going on. Given not, birth. Not too hard. Not too hard. Not, not too, too soft. soft. That's right. <laughs> I mean, like, for a sequel to the hit show The Boys, like, I expected them to at least put one of the characters in this movie. Yeah, you know, when I heard that they were doing a sequel to The Boys, I thought, finally, The Boys are growing up. The Boys are back in town. It's about time. It's about time for them to grow up and become men. But you know what? I didn't see any of the boys in this movie. Not a single one. Not, not a single one. Not the one with the cape? Not the invisible one? None, None of them. them. Yeah. No. Just a <laughs> bunch of British dudes with bad teeth. But also just one dude. But also it was just one dude. Talk a about a types. horror movie. <laughs> Seeing all those British teeth. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> We were talking about the new Alex Garland film, Men, that just came out. We just got back from seeing this, and I think we're all... Um, Meninists now. Yeah, well, The movie I mean, did it to us. Certainly, we we know that dudes rock. Dudes but, do rock. Um, I don't know. Now more than ever. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we're all still uh, reeling, st- struggling to process the last like 20 minutes of this movie. I would be worried about recording so soon after this whopper of a goddamn film, but I think I'll still be reeling in a couple of days. Like, yeah, you guys, you guys are getting it raw from us this this week. This one's going to be kind of free form. I think we're all. I feel like it this fucking movie has to be. more than. Like any movie I've seen in the theater in the past couple years has made me feel kind of like a dumb dumb coming out of dude. It. No, no, I'm right there with you. I, <laughs> well, I love to like, like sound academic and like smart and shit on this show. I'm 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 coming out of this one like I don't know if this movie is dumb or I am. I think it's me. I I'm almost right there with feel you. like it's a little bit of both. Yes, but I will say, but baby, the vibes of this movie. 
and vibes. They're bad vibes. They're this bad. A, yeah, this is a bad vibes movie. <laughs> it is an A24 vibes movie, if it ever was. Yeah. It's. Uh, I would argue that it's Alex Garland's most vibes film to date. I agree. You're saying this is a slow burn, atmospheric, horror movie about yeah. trauma, and it's by A24? Oh, what? what? And to be clear, when I say atmospheric, I'm referring to the themes, not that this movie is ass. No, 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 no. Uh, there's plenty of ass in it, though. There is. Yes. Lots of man Some ass, ass in it. Yeah. There's a lot of hanging dong. A lot of hanging dong. Yeah. Dude hangs re- dong in that movie. Which I respect. I respect. I feel like there's, I feel like there's not enough Crime. hanging dong in movies these days. So much hanging yep. dong, you'd expect George R. R. Martin to be writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, if it really had to sum this movie up, you know, it's like... It's, you know, she she goes to the house, you know, and then, like, there's a bit of crime and then penetration. Crime, penetration, penetration crime, crime penetration. penetration. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that. Until the film just sort of ends. ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of true. It's kind of true. Um, Not really penetration, but kind of whatever the reverse of that is. Mind penetration. Yeah, my mind was penetrated. This movie fucked me in my brain full. <laughs> yeah, you know, to quote Firestarter from last week uh this movie has me brain fucked since birth brain fucked since birth <laughs> yeah <laughs> brain fucked since birth and then birth and then, and then birth, birth and then birth. birth a girthy birth uh-huh. <laughs> god girthy birthy uh, it really, it really sums up this movie if you haven't seen if you haven't seen this movie yet and uh you aren't titillated by the discussion so far the weird words that we're just saying um, right now yeah i i would you know say uh we'll, we'll give an early on spoiler warning it's gonna be hard to talk about girthy birth alert i i will say it's coming as as a as a vibes movie and also just like how <laughs> wild the last uh 15 20 minutes is <laughs> like i think it's i think it's good to go in blind uh uh if you like being blindsided yeah if you like being blindsided yeah. which yeah. this movie does and i i think i also feel like way. we're gonna we're gonna struggle to uh, explain sort of yeah it's just a, it's just a yeah, whole yeah, movie yeah. you're just going what the fuck what I mean, the I, fuck I think I can compare this movie to a lot of movies that have come out somewhat recently mm. you know this it's almost reminiscent of Antichrist in some ways to me yeah I can see that it's reminiscent of Repulsion in some ways definitely it's reminiscent of Mother in some ways with the I can religious allegory well. I can and kind well. of bad vibes, bat shittery. I have yeah. seen one of those three. <laughs> well, uh, and, yeah, yeah, really unfortunate. I haven't seen Antichrist yet. Well, we, yeah, we have, uh, <laughs> you laugh. talked about mother on <laughs> this podcast. Your face is incredible. And too. also was, repulsion. Yes. Well, I, yeah, mother was on our, our very first episode. I have, I, I did actually listen to that episode. I was mm. bad. I listened to that episode without watching the movie, but oh, no. I know it's, it's bad form, but it's okay. Sometimes I, I think plenty of people did listen to this show without having watched the movies. I think that's kind of what we're for in a yeah. lot of respects. <laughs> in some, yeah. In some cases, um, for sure. Well, this is Alex Garland's first feature film in about four years since Annihilation came out in early 2018. Um, in between Annihilation and this, we did get uh, his miniseries on Hulu, Devs. I think it's his which- best work. I would agree. Yes, I think is I think Debs is his best work. Um, But I mean, I love Annihilation and Ex Machina. Loads. 
Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I was definitely excited for this one, and I, I, I liked this movie. I think I'm, I'm confident saying that I enjoyed the movie. I, I am glad this movie exists. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I, say that. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time kind of summing up my feelings on it, right? Because, like, I think in terms of narrative, this is definitely Alex Garland's most abstract film esoteric you know and in terms of in terms of narrative (laughs) i still can't quite make heads or tails of it completely i don't think but in terms of heads uh, coming out of tails well that's part of the problem i don't (laughs) think the movie can completely either and uh but in terms of vibes i think it's phenomenal i don't think this is a movie that you're supposed to try to uh take literally Fuck no. no! In terms of in terms you're of story, a bad time if you're trying really, to take this movie. I don't literally. think you really can. No. In in that regard, I I think that it reminds me of kind of like a Gaspar No film, like Climax or Enter the Void, where it's like, in terms of story, it's like very very simple and like sort of bare bones, and then the movie you just kind of have to take as, like, an experience and just, like, not interpret any of it literally, because none of it's supposed to be literal. Would y'all, yeah. would y'all agree? I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the thing is, though, this movie, it feels like it's trying to say something about men, and, you know, outside of men are stinky and men bad, I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it's trying to convey it's an interesting decision in terms of like story and message coming from like a male director i agree with you it feels like it is trying to say something about men and masculinity toxic and otherwise and the experience of being a woman in what is like essentially a man's world but again alex garland is a man so you know <laughs> in this circumstance i kind of like that about it i i love films like from from all perspectives i love, I love films, films too. too me too right like it's, from wow. all perspectives damn we soulmates cinematography wow. story no, no, but, lighting no but earnestly sound like, <laughs> um i i do i do love films that um like approach this topic from all angles and i think that this was an angle and perspective I hadn't really thought about before. And, like, I mean, fuck, on the podcast, like, how, how often do we, you know, like, talk about those sorts of issues? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they come up, like, in, in our subject matter and our source material. And I think that it's a fun perspective to have. I don't think it's the most important perspective this, or whatever else. But, like, there's there's a billion movies out there. Like, this like, there's is something. an episode where I particularly wish we had a female perspective uh, on, on Fourth Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't. Um, so we're going to do our best to suss this out but i i think the title is kind of misleading as well like obviously it's trying to say something about like how men and women perceive each other differently and whatnot but like i think really more than that it's about a man which is in this case jesse buckley's husband like i think the whole thing is just her coming to terms with his death well look here you go here you go Here's why you're so right. Literally coming to term. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah. you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I kind of feel like you're on it 
but I also I also think that this film kind of like moves past that. Ugh, this is a very pretentious thing to say, <laughs> but I do I do think this movie moves past that to the point where it like transcends gender and just like views it as a construct and like that's like by like the endless male birthing. You know, with the spoilers, I mean, we've already said, we've yeah. already alluded to it, like, endlessly. We're, we're going to have to start from the end to work our way back with this one um, in an endless birthing cycle. Like, but the endless birthing stuff at the end is, like, like essentially reduces, like, gender to a construct. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, and, and I think I think that that's, like, it's it's just, like, a series, it's this weird chain of, like, the same man giving birth to the same man, right? Like, it's clearly, like, just just fucking boiling it all down to just meat. And I dig that. And I, I didn't really think about it that way until, like, right now. But. I mean, I think the problem is, though, this movie is so oh, full of, a lot of them. metaphor and symbolism that it doesn't feel like there's clarity in a lot of it. Hell no! Like, no. Uh, Hell no! You know, yeah. uh, and, you know, even with the birthing stuff, let's start from there. Like, for example, like, I can understand the reading of this kind of being generationally passed down misogyny and inherited traits of being male that are passed down and continued generation to generation. Mm. You know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so oh. to speak. Mm. But it doesn't feel like there's a lot of clarity of, like, what the implication there is and like the apple tree is another like loaded biblical piece of symbolism you know with the forbidden fruit literally mentioned in the movie well Well, and in the bible it being explicit that eve is the one who fucks up right she's the one who gets them thrown out of eden for taking the apple Uh you know it's it's the woman's fault right so this movie it's almost exclusively allegory like it's an allegory kind of thinly tied to like a a horror stalker plot you know? Yeah, it's an, and it's like, an allegory that reveals itself as allegory. Like, it does kind of put on the pretense of, like, things literally happening. But by the end, it's like, you have to just kind of be like, none of this is that. None of this actually happened, mm. you know? So, I think that while the allegory does, it does reveal itself to largely be allegory by the end of the film, I do think that the, uh, the dreamlike editing persists from the beginning. Yeah, so, sure. Like, totally. It does allow for you to sort of be brought, you know, into it and come to accept that that's what the film is doing pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, really quickly, we see that the whole town is populated by uh, what's his face by Rory Kinnear. Just yeah. every man is Rory Kinnear. Yeah. Even even the the like young schoolboy is just Rory Kinnear. Yeah, with C- uh, CG Rory Kinnear, which very I- reminiscent of uh, Meet the Clumps or uh, <laughs> Norbit. It's it's the kind of thing that in most movies I would be like, oof, that looks bad, but uncanny. It, it's it's the right Unsettling. kind of unca- of uncanny valley in this it, in this to me instance. It may made me feel as uncomfortable as like the guy with the dog uh, the dog with the guy's face in invasion of the body snatchers yeah like it gives yeah. the same kind of vibe i mean well yeah because i mean it's it's like definitely wrong it's yeah. like yeah. this is well, it's one of those things where it, it almost feels quantum in that like it's both uncanny valley and creepy but also funny 
Yes. Like, especially like the small child with the face deep face. With the yeah, it. with like an old an, an older man's face. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It there are a number of moments like yeah. that in this movie. I mean, actually, even, like, the climactic sequence is both horrifying and also and fucking hilarious. Pretty funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. In one go. I feel like for me, it's a lot of like nervous laughter. Like, yeah. uh, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this movie you doing? Um, well, uh, uh, let's. I mean, because we're gonna, we're obviously gonna be all over the place. Um, let's just get like the the basic premise out there. So Jesse Buckley is a uh, a recently widowed woman who is uh, seeking sort of like a, a an escape to the countryside to go stay in like a, a a nice old manor in a little village, so she can sort of like process her husband's death and heal from it and you know deal with that trauma and come out the other side it's like a little escape she gets to this village and uh all of the men are rory kinnear (laughs) and uh they're all um hostile in one form or another out you know yeah um not all of them are necessarily rapey though a couple of them are but even the ones that that seem more benign are are hostile in sort of like more subtle ways yeah like the priest implying that like her husband's death was her fault the priest is just the is the rapiest (laughs) but uh um but even like you know Jeffrey, the uh, the first incarnation of Rory Kinnear that we see, who's like the landlord of the house, like he's pretty much throughout the whole thing, like very friendly, but you know makes some sort of like passively misogynistic kind of comments and stuff like that, you know, sort of talking down to her a little bit. Yeah, it's you funny because he always does it like, a, like, oh, here I go again, you know, kind yeah. of vibe, which is funny. But yeah, like down to like not letting her pay for things. You yeah, know, like right. At the bar, and you know, and, like, like having to having to make sure she feels safe and protected. You know, mm-hmm. when there's a strange man skulking around the house, you know, he has to be the one to go outside and say, "Now listen here, whoever you are stalking around, I don't take kindly to that." You know, like he he feels the need to uh, sort of be like a, a, a white knight sort of figure. Mm-hmm. He's so. the most British. Yes, the bunch. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love like the uh, going up the stairs. Like oh, it's very wibbly wobbly. You know, he says some stuff like that. Like all of his lines are so good as that character. Yeah. Um, I really what I really liked is one of my favorite lines in the movie is early on. Oh, and he keeps talking about scrumping. Yes, <laughs> which is great. Scrumping, scrumping. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, stealing apples, I guess. Yeah. That was the that's the, the Yeah, I, I guess I, he the yeah. context clues I pulled from that is scrumping is, is scrumping is stealing. Stealing apples, I think, specifically. Is it specifically apples? I that's mean, it, weird. It's for a the British colloquialism. It, I'm sure it is, right? It would be. I mean, I can see it as being like slang like for British stealing, but why would it be specifically word? apples? Because the British would have a specific word for stealing apples called scrumping. They're not the Germans. Well, I mean, the, the Germans do have, like, a long word for everything, but, yeah. like, the British are very, like, particular, too, in their own ways. Okay. Like, we can Google it. What like, do you call it when... I, I don't know this for sure. I am definitely guessing But right what now. if you're stealing pears? What's it called then? Scrimping? Scrinkle. Scrampin. Yeah. Scrampin, just, yeah. An, just another Just another weird salad word. That it definitely isn't actually a word, but is, because <laughs> the it's British. British. Yeah, like... But, no, uh, so, her husband... 
when, when he's alive is very toxic to her yes. and he leaves her in a very toxic situation where she's trying to get out of get out of this marriage he's trying to get a divorce and he just straight up tells her he'll kill himself if she if they they have a divorce yeah. mm-hmm. um, sort of throughout the film it flashes back to like their argument like leading we see his death right off the bat and then we sort of see like what led up to it yeah, and, and uh over time it's revealed like the extent oh. of how toxic yeah that relationship actually is yes and it, it culminates with him throwing himself off of the roof while she watches from the window yes. below well there's some ambiguity about whether he actually killed himself or he was trying because she kicks him out of the apartment after he hits her he was trying to enter re-enter, and yeah. the the neighbors upstairs says he barged in and went out onto their balcony and tried to climb down onto their balcony underneath so there's the ambiguity about whether he actually killed himself or whether he he was just trying to climb down to the balcony slipped because it was raining and fell to his death mm. i think it's i i feel like it's more likely the second because like we kind of see you know we have the shot the in slow motion of, of him falling and there does seem to be like some kind of shock and confusion like uh-oh you know and also like Let's be real. People who are like, if you leave me, I'll kill myself are never actually going to kill themselves. They're just well, looking for attention. Well, it depends on the people. But uh, uh, talking from some, you know, personal I, experience, which is people I've spoken with in the past. But like, no, I uh, I do. I do think. Um, oh, but what I really liked about that is he falls and he impales himself accidentally or not on the, the fencing below. Mm-hmm. And cutting forward to our, our lovely character we we're talking about a moment ago. Um one of the things he says about the apple tree out front is best to eat them. Otherwise, they'll fall to the ground and spoil and rot. And yeah. it's, a, it's a reference to what her husband did. He fell to the ground and spoiled. And I, and I love that. Like, that's a really nice bit of dialogue um, uh, that I picked up. And also, while we were chatting, uh, sorry, but I did look up the definition. And guess what scrumping is to steal fruit such as apples from trees. Wow. How about that? Yeah, I told right. you. I can't believe British it. As fuck. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they have a specific word for stealing apples. And it's and the word yeah, is right. scrumping. Scrumping. Like, God, wow. I love it. Incredible. Yeah. Um, Scrumpalicious definition. Yeah. Make the apples yeah. go God into my mouth. <laughs> um, the, the shot of him on the fence is so gruesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. brutal. Uh, yeah, it is. It reminded me in some ways of Ari Aster stuff. Like, oh yeah, it felt like that like pure brutalist trauma. That yeah. It feels so cruel to the our main character. Yeah, that's such a trademark of Ariaster. True, but it definitely informs kind of her perspective through the rest of the movie. Yeah, um, but I want to say as important. an aside as well, don't ever be that person to you know use the I'm gonna commit suicide. If you leave well, I, me, hopefully that yeah, doesn't even need saying like, yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah you're, yeah, you're mad, toxic and a shitty person. But like wild how um, I really like one of the things that, that gives that scene necessity of like seeing him corpsified in like a really horrifying manner is that we need to see the specific aspects of the injuries on the body, the broken foot the slashed arm mm-hmm. etc we need to see those aspects and details because they come into play very strongly later on in the yes film. very much so in a cool way 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that just sort of like goes into my my thesis that like this is not necessarily about all men. I mean, it is broadly, but that it's it's more about this one man, because I feel like the entity or whatever that is uh, that is Rory Kinnear. That is just all of these (laughs) men like they're. I mean, it's it's obvious like there's something being said, the fact that it's all just like one many aspects of like the same man, the same entity. Green man. And I feel like it is ultimately just like met the many aspects of like the things that she hated about her husband. It would obviously it would obviously be way too on the nose to have all of the men look like her husband. You can't do that. But I think more broadly speaking, that they're all just like the same man is just like it's her projecting, projecting the things she hates about her husband onto all of these identical men. Yeah. You know? And it's creepier because Roy Kinnear has British teeth. Yes. So, well, he uh, has particularly British teeth when he's Jeffrey. His teeth are a little better when he's the priest. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, I will say like. Jesse Buckley is very good in this, but I think I think Rory Kinnear is the standout just because he has to play so many roles. Yep. And I think he somehow manages to make all of these characters feel distinct, despite the fact that they are all him. Um, and I think that that speaks well to his performance and the direction. Well, and, yeah. you know, that the one uh, homeless, naked running around character, he yes. definitely distinct. <laughs> Because he was stinky. God damn it. <laughs> um, no, it's well, it's really funny, too, because uh, Rory Kinnear has been in something else very recently, which is Our Flag Means Death, where he plays the antagonist who, spoilers for Our Flag Means Death, dies in the first episode, and then his twin brother comes back later. So Rory Kinnear has just been regularly playing, like, duplicates of himself, of himself. this year. Like, that's his whole deal, like, across everything he's been in, which is very funny What me. if there are many Rory Kinnears? What if it's not just him playing many roles? Wow. <laughs> what if there's just a lot of them? We're just getting Rory Kinnear to the truth. Oh, Incredible. Fuck. Yeah. I, I definitely agree that, you know, this movie is heavy in allegory and you know it's her processing her problems with you know the toxicity of the relationship and the grief from that and the trauma from that yeah you know it you know it feels like i said before very much like repulsion where kind of the the trauma of experiences they had before inform kind of their perspective on Men as a whole, yeah, um, very much like repulsion oh, and kind we, of the uh, sexual predatory stuff in that movie. We Every man's of, an antagonist, and yeah. we get a lot of men as a whole, as in holes and men, because you know, birth. Oh, I, 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 sure. You okay? Look, yeah, look, it's look. a bussy joke. Yes, yeah, it's a yeah. bussy joke. We're uh, we're full of them tonight, uh, and it will continue. We'll be the on. first of many. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I should probably. Pre- I, I was going to preface earlier, and I, I just kind of forgot. Uh, I'm running on like three hours of sleep for this one, so I was particularly whatever uh, on this this one. Which this is a hell of a movie to watch with only like three hours of sleep. I yeah. was like struggling to stay awake. Not not any fault of the film. I was just very tired. But it was a, it's a vibe movie, so it did make it like even more difficult it's at times. Slow, it's slow, yeah. And slow like burn. and I you know me, I'm I'm the, the, the biggest advocate for slow burns on the podcast and uh 
but I, because of just prior circumstances, was just really having a hard this time. Was, this was definitely a movie where, like, pretty much continuously throughout, I'm like, okay, I'm digging this, but... but. But it's really going to need to, like, stick the landing. Well, that's the thing. Like, I uh, I checked my watch at one point because I have a smart watch and I buzzed. And I noticed it was, like, 40 or 45 minutes into the movie and there were there, nothing really happened. Like, that was, like, right when she got to the, the tunnel, essentially. And Damn, I was, that's like, 45 in. Oh man, they! I hope they do something. Yeah, like this has vibes, but like I hope it does something. Well, it certainly does. It it does unravel. It does unravel in a very creepy and atmospheric way. Um, I will say it does take a little bit to get going, Mm -hmm. Um, but once it does, I'm on board. Well, it's know? one of those it's one of those instances where like like I was saying, I feel like the climax has to justify the slow burn where I'm just like, okay, this is this is cool, this is good, like this is vibes. I'm digging this, but like this needs to go somewhere and I think it does. Like I I think sure I think no, the certainly goes somewhere. I think the last 15 20 minutes of the film uh absolutely justifies the sort of crawl that it takes to get there. Yeah, because it's just like bombastic. On, on the flip side though, I feel like the sense of dread, I didn't really feel enough dread until the naked guy started appearing Mm, yeah sure it it, you know with other movies of this ilk so to speak you know you're hereditary you're midsummer you're Mm -hmm. etc like i felt like those movies have such a sense of dread from the beginning yeah where like this movie it it feels like the opening shot of him falling to his death you know, should give us a sense of dread, but it kind of falls flat for that. <laughs> Pardon the pun, uh, but uh, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like an oh shit, stomach curdling moment. Yeah, you know? I, compared I, to something like the family getting killed in Midsummer, for example, where yeah. like, your stomach is just in a knot mm-hmm. because of how cruel it is. It spends way more time with it, too, in Midsummer, right off the bat. Yeah, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, and and I I, I agree with you um, in, in some regards. At the same time, I think that what it does accomplish by sort of, like, holding off on the dread a bit is it sort of gives it a chance to feel like oh you know maybe this is the nice sort of like country pastoral like getaway that she needs i mean like we've seen the trailer we we obviously know it's not but like the film does kind of like lull you into that false sense of security like it's very beautifully shot and like the locations are very nice too and like that first day where she like goes out for for the walk in the woods like before she gets to the tunnel and you know it's like she does seem to feel like she does seem to like sort of 
of like be letting some of that shit go. You know, she seems like she she's happy a little bit. And then then that's when like the weird creepy shit starts to well, happen. Yeah, like, it's just that it takes a long time get to get long there. Tunnel sequence where she's almost playfully Which is great. Uh, you know, kind of playing with the uh, the echoes yeah. of the Chili. the uh, the tunnel. Baby um, back. God damn it. <laughs> um, and that's when things really turn. But I do really love that sequence. Like you said, I I think that sequence is uh, really well put together and the the sound design is incredible the music in this movie is incredible there's a bunch of choral pieces it's it's the it's uh alex garland's usual composers it's uh ben salisbury and jeff barrow i want to say they did the score for annihilation and devs maybe ex machina i can't remember if they did ex machina or not but um honestly i think this this might be my favorite score of theirs yet. Really? It is. It's. I mean, it's tough. Have they uh, worked on like some Denis Villeneuve stuff as well? Like, did they work on Arrival or something? Uh, I don't think so. Think um, yeah. Villeneuve usually gets Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, I will say I I like the score. It felt more invisible in this movie than something like the end of Annihilation, for example. Yeah, totally. Or well, even Devs. I think Devs has an incredible score. Devs does have a really but incredible score, noticeable. yeah. Do for rewatch. Um, well, I, I, I think that Annihilation... Um, it, I, I think I, I definitely see some parallels between this film and Annihilation just oh, in terms of sure. structure, whereas where, like the ending of each is kind of a largely dialogueless, uh, like very spectacular, surreal kind of climax where like the music really plays like a essential role. Annihilation especially. But I did feel the same way uh for for this one too. Like that last fifteen minutes or so, like that the music there is is really um, really excellent, and they do like. I mean, in all of their scores, they play with a lot of like choral stuff. But I love that that like her sort of harmonizing with herself with the echoes in the tunnel becomes like a part of the score that like comes back later. Um, that they use in the trailer as well. I that stuff is really really good. Oh, yeah, it's echoing back, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's also super neat that like there's like you can kind of make out like the the patterning of a skull in the trees beyond the tunnel. I thought that was really cool. Well, the, the idea of echoes... Well, it's also feels, a, can, it's a canal. Yeah, like a... a also, stuff, yes. Yeah. For birth. Yeah. Um, the echoes feel like a, a theme, you know, obviously with the kind of echoes of Rory Kinnear mm-hmm. in different forms. Um, the echoes of her trauma coming back, her replaying these same things over and over mm-hmm. again. Well, and that's another thing, too, when her conversation with the priest before he says, you know, like, basically says that, like, you drove him to suicide, like, it's your fault. But, like, he's talking about her reliving the same thoughts like repeating the same things over and over again in her head and that plays really nicely off that idea of like the echoing tunnel and it coming back and then the end of just like 
uh, uh, a man giving birth to himself over and over and over again. It's like you keep replaying the same trauma over and over and over again until finally you have like a breakthrough or you see something in a different light. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's nicely handled. It is. It's thematic. I like a theme. Yeah, it is almost entirely allegory. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. It leads in with a bit of a plot, and then the plot just becomes allegory. And I think I really feel the need to compare this to another A24 film. came out a couple years ago, fairly recently, that also did a lot with allegory. That's The Lighthouse. Because The Lighthouse, by the end of it, is all allegory as well. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, he's on the rocks being picked apart by mer- by birds as Prometheus with the flame. You know, like... Sure, it's, yeah. Sorry, spoilers for the end of the lighthouse, I guess. But, like, the... Uh, We've talked about it on the podcast before. We have. Um, but uh, there's something about the lighthouse that... Where the active narrative is so, like, regularly compelling... Um, well, it's way more character driven. Way more. It's way more character driven. This movie is not like. Well, it's, which is interesting because again, like of all the the Bart Sneely or what, what's his name, uh, Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear. Uh, I love the Rory. Bart, Bart Sneely's <laughs> a pretty good one though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, all the Rory Kinnear like parts. Like like on paper, it feels as character driven. But I mean, it it just I don't know. Like they're they're back and forth. No, like, they're she, all uh, the main character is so distant. They're, they're like, all like they're all like just like misogynist archetypes. They're not mm-hmm. really characters. Yeah, and that's and I think that's that's kind of by design. They're not supposed to have depth, mm-hmm. but I think they're supposed to be surface level because she's engaging. That's how she's engaging. That's with That's partially it. the problem too, though. Like I feel like because of that, it feels a little more shallow. There's not there's not much in terms of like point of relation. Yeah, and- I mean. And I think the ambiguity and discussion discussion starter element is kind of a double-edged sword because, like, it does foster interesting discussions with that. But I feel like it's ambiguous to a point where I don't know if there's completely a a through line there like there is with the lighthouse. I feel like the lighthouse... I've said this before on other episodes, but it feels like it has a clarity of purpose. Yes. I, this is another moment where I wish we had like a female perspective because I, I say that like, I feel like there's not a good point of relation, but I also feel like I'm saying that very much as like a man, because I feel, I, I feel like a lot of women would be able to pretty easily relate with like Jesse Buckley's character because I feel like a lot of women experience these kind of interactions with men on like a daily basis so I I wish that we had that perspective to sort of speak on that because I do kind of agree that like it's not really a character driven story and so like outside of the vibes like it is kind of hard to find something for me to connect with mm-hmm. um but I I don't feel comfortable saying that that like objectively, yep. you know. Um, I'm just I'm at a point too where like this because this film is so exclusively allegory, it is really hard for me to not find it a little pretentious. Mm. And I think it's time we use that word because uh, it, it, it kind of is like. And I I think Alex Garland has always towed the line for me when it comes to like 
being a little pretentious. Yeah, Dev's like, kind of really gets close. Yeah. And like I think um uh but I I think that Devs gets past it for a number of reasons, largely again because of like the performances and like conceptually, I was really fascinated by Devs. I think um, because this was the most abstract. Yeah, yeah, the pretension. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and for me, like it's just like that. All everything that like he normally other like otherwise brings to the table with Annihilation, with the plot and all the other things. Like Annihilation, like again has like such a core vision with like it being like, oh, the thing is a cancer. Like like we understand. Like you can you can boil Annihilation down. Well, but with this with this film, like because it's so abstract, because it's so allegoric, it's it does that that pretension is all is really front center. Uh, well, he, and th- I, I think the thing about Alex harder for me. I think the thing about Alex Garland is that he's always been a uh, a quote unquote high concept dude. Yes, like all of his shit is high concept which is very easy to stray into pretentious territory but what i think in a lot of his shit what really grounds it and keeps it from feeling too pretentious is that he writes characters really well i think all of the characters in ex machina like the sort of interplay between um Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac is really good. Obviously, like Devs has a really good cast of great characters. Ellie Portman is amazing in uh, Annihilation. Yeah, I, the, characters the characters are the characters in Annihilation are a little dry, but um, but even still, like all their they're all of them are worked up in some capacity. And also like, little, thematic moments. You know, Annihilation has source material yeah. as well, but like True. this. As the least character driven of Alex Garland's films, does lack some of that like grounding mm-hmm. that lets like some of the high concept stuff get like a little harder to grasp. I think. Yeah, and you know, I want to be charitable, and I want to I want to kind of explore the perspective of each version of Rory Kinnear being a different form of toxicity in sure. men. So for example, obviously the uh the naked vagrant is kind of sexual toxicity. But yeah, also, it's the most base form. Well yeah, I think I think the the naked version, the naked hairless version is sort of like the clay from is supposed to be like the clay from which all of the others are sculpted. Yeah. That's the base. It, it you know so dot, the green man forms out of him. Yeah, right, exactly. Like this, that like, is pagan origin. This like yeah, the, the universal root of man. It is just like it is just like yeah, man at at its basest. Mm-hmm. You know, that idea. And then all of the different forms are kind of like molded out of that idea idea to like different um strains of like the same man bad masculinity yeah and the green man (laughs) that shit that was pretentious i gotta say it like that felt like mother territory oh you thought so really it felt like oh mother nature you know like uh, that's what they did in Mother. Like they had like a mother character, and this felt yeah. like the the nature character. So I know? would I would agree, but like I said, I haven't seen Mother. In fairness, but like with the way I'm hearing it described, like it strikes me as like 
it's it's just purely like Americana, like right, like he's just saying like like it's nature in general, right? But like here with like the green the green man has like at least like some degree of like pagan roots, and like there is a little bit more to that culturally, like, As, like the idea of like primordial man, yeah, yeah. like pre Christian mm-hmm. like like origins of like like druidism and other like folk religions like from that era that like predate civilization, and and so I get it. I don't disagree, but like I do, I do, I do get it. Like, um, and like it is very relevant, and how like even, uh, and, I, and I do kind of like how like he does present like the green, like that face of the green man, like in that cool like weird stone stone vase thing with well, the two like sides. The altar, yeah, yeah, the altar. He presents it first in a Christian church, but then like towards the end, we also see it in many locations in her mm-hmm. vision. Yeah. And it's it's for that same reason that like Well oh, importantly it's, it's got the face of the green man on one side and then on the back it's got a female figure yes. like uh like giving birth yep. kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so and that pussy air out. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hol- holding that pussy open. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but like the that character does end up containing like as you mentioned earlier Cleveland like both both it yeah. contain yeah it, it contains both the masculine and the uh, feminine the transgender it just reduces yeah. it down to like its chorus components mm-hmm. yeah um and and then it's just both of them and that's the horror right yeah. like which is cool I uh and I I really like that um I don't disagree with you on like the the historical context better and complexity not. of that. I'll fight you. But the thing is, like, the utility in the story is it's nature, essentially, at its core, right? Like, it's human nature. Yeah, essentially, that's what they're kind of going for with it. Yeah, I I think it's I I think it's like base rather than necessarily nature. I mean, like, obviously, all life springs from nature, so it makes sense to have that the root. But like, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's trying to say like this is like nature necessarily is like this is the wellspring like this is where it all starts that's what it feels like i said yeah. it's like the like the clay that there that man is formed yeah from, what's the origin which of is, all this toxicity where does it you know where does it begin which is you know of course entwined with nature or whatever yeah. you know there's there's that there is that that pagan concept mm-hmm. you know um I can see the mother comparison. I don't know if it's just because I think Alex Garland is a better storyteller than Darren Aronofsky, but I certainly find it less frustrating in this I movie mean, than I do in both Mother. Movies are vibes movies, and I respect true. both of them true. in a lot of ways for that. I think both of them, their core weakness is the narrative, but that's all right. Yeah, you know, in spite of that, I, think I mean, both I think movies work. I think Mother um, is way more pretentious than this. Like, this absolutely has its pretension, uh, but I think Mother is a way more pretentious film overall. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're both pretty pretentious. I think with the, think? the the core rebirthing, you know. Like we mentioned before, there's some weirdness about Alex Garland being the one to spin the tale mm-hmm. of, you know, this white man <laughs> spinning the tale of toxic masculinity. Right. And generational toxic masculinity at that. But, uh... Let me sing you... Well, you see, here's the kind of the fun part, though. It sounds almost like he's going for a lot. Let me sing you the song of my people <laughs> kind of thing. He's sure. like, here, look. Look at this thing that I'm a part of. 
you know, and putting it on display. Sure. And I think that that's that's how I read it. And I, I think that that's that's where like I give it a I give it a pass. I don't really I, care. I think that's where I can give it a pass too. It doesn't it doesn't feel preachy. I no. think it's I think it's uh like yeah, there's there's some pretension there and I, I can absolutely agree with that. And I do think that like this does feel like a fill like a story that like maybe a a man is not the the most equipped to tell but it doesn't feel like it's trying to be it doesn't feel self-righteous i mean like again like this movie doesn't which i was a little bit worried about yeah, going in based I on mean, the trailer and, and the like title. the movie's called men and yeah, it's like yeah. it's like listen alex like you're a man like what are you trying to say here well, but here's the thing but, like, like, like it doesn't it doesn't I feel I feel like it does succeed in not being self-righteous. Well, well here, and here's the thing, too. Like, here's the beauty of it. Like, there are many more movies out there. Like, sure. like just because this movie exists, it doesn't, like, prevent other movies from existing. Like, any other directors yes, it does. can still... Oh, no other movies exist God, now. It's taking the platform away from... Blah, 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 blah. This is the only no, movie. Like, uh, <laughs> but, like, no, like, it... It allows for like like there's there's plenty more room in the discussion. There's plenty more room yeah. in cinema for like other people to from from all walks of life to tell this same story this in is just, many different ways. This is just Alex's take. Yeah, this is just his take. And like this I is just so Alex like, I, unfiltered. I, I frankly beyond that could give a shit. Like yeah. I think uh yeah, and it's it's fine. Everyone gets a voice at my table, and like, you know, including Alex Garland, and uh, you know whether I agree with it or not. That's I generous of you. Yeah, I'm really glad you're giving Alex Garland a space to uh, to share his thoughts and table. ideas. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say I had a good table. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's like one of those plastic. Space. It's like one of those plastic fold-out ones. It's, it's not, just big. There's it, a lot it, of space at the a table. A lot of people yeah. sitting on a lot of people's laps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I'm giving endless birth so uh yeah let's let's can we can we please talk about the endless birth like technically sure like i need to i I need to talk about it i need to let it out like an endless version of myself pull a foot out of your pussy yep just yep right out god that was insane that happened didn't it Yeah. yeah i'm still processing this movie um so yeah she is beset by all the men at once by the end it kind of all culminates even the nice one is like trying to hunt her down in her own car. Uh, well, and in fairness, she does run him over first. Yeah, but not really intentionally. Like she's just not trying intentionally, to get out of there. but um, she does. And uh, she ran over Jeffrey. Yeah, and of course he becomes the Green Man, and then or the hobo sort of becomes the Green Man, and then the Green Man uh, begins to give birth, and his just his 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 all his belly gets all big and shit. Like and the prosthetics are insane. I will say the makeup and like CG. I could not tell where it's. I think the execution of it is fantastic. It's insanely well done. Say going into that too is the way they kind of present all of the men becoming one is really crazy. Like uh, one of them in stalking her, like runs towards the door and she slams it shut and. Uh, it like grabs her through the mail slot. Yeah, and uh, she stabs him through the arm, and he pulls the arm out, just essentially like splitting his whole his whole arm in two. Yeah, yeah, through the it, hand. It feels like uh, that's agonizingly from too. It's Saw Five, I think it is. Yeah. Yes, where, you're correct. Where they have to. Put, put their, their hands hand in the, the yeah exactly oh, to collect blood, and, like yeah. split to collect hand. the blood yeah and it's it's 
agonizing to yeah. it's so slow him pulling the arm out and like splitting his hand but and then yeah it's like car crash like he breaks his leg well important i think what ben's getting at is that like once that happens as she starts seeing all of the different men they all share the same wound they all have the split arm and you know then that carries over to you know when she hits him with the car he breaks his ankle um yeah but that hand is used you know later on too with the priest for example oh god yeah that horrifying scene where he's grabbing her by his split hand, you know, both parts of his hand. On either side of her neck, neck. yeah, that, that is, is ooh, that is repulsive. Ugh. Yeah, I, that that whole scene is is very uncomfortable because he's he's giving a monologue, essentially, like, uh, doing that thing where men blame women for like them being attracted to them yeah. <laughs> as like as if it's as if it's like a a, a, a level of, just for existing of a control that the women wield over men it's mm-hmm. like look like look at what you've done you've made me horny how dare you you stupid bitch you know like it's you, worse than that you made me fantasize about when you lost your virginity yeah it's like that you know it's him thinking about her under age, mm-hmm. which but, is yeah, it's, even more insidious. It's very, very, it's very, very nasty. It's yeah. very, very, very nasty. Super creepy. Um, I just, love the, the hand prosthetic. Um, it's very graphic and, mm, like, visceral. Oh, yeah, so gross. And, like, you know, you see the viscera in the hand every time it cuts to it. Um and uh, I love kind of having that through line. Well, and then it mo- it retains mobility of the fingers yeah. too. When that kind of wound would like you would not be able to use your hand. Like, but like you said, like he puts the hand uh, like it's on either side of her neck. Like, oh man, it's so it's so awful. Yeah, and it makes every man character in that whole sequence. All more, all the more grotesque mm-hmm. and menacing because it's a clear indicator that you know they are the same one. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like an unstoppable force. Yes, and then the birthing occurs. Well, and they retain their wounds through every birth too. Through every birth, yeah. So the green man, yeah, he gets all fucking birthy, and then it's the priest. He's in, inflated like a youth, like a Sonic. Yeah. He really, really is. This is like how, a how Sonic inflation porn. As our resident vor expert. <laughs> How could you? Why would you do that? How could you? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I don't know, as a resident Sonic fanfic expert, how do you feel about that asshole? <laughs> I can do that. I can do this shit all day. I can go back and forth. Uh, well, the important question: Did it make you guys horny? No. Did anybody get horny? No. This is not like a, this is not like a T-Tan situation. <laughs> that pussy be popping. Yeah. Uh, do Lord. I make you horny, baby? baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh man, yeah. That, that scene, uh, that Austin Powers scene, would have been very different. It ended with an endless birth. Uh, Got similar teeth. Yes. Um, well, but, the fat bastard was just moments away. He was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, but yeah, we we see it in full. It is it's it's almost like a like like a cow giving birth. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's so uh, removed of all humanity. Like it's it's just it just becomes this like horrifying process that we're we're forced to watch uh that our protagonist is like very slowly backing away from it's like each one is like crawling towards her and then like before it can like get any closer it has to then give birth yeah and then it continues again and it's just one of the other men we've seen previously well, what like, i find which is like most... particularly oh, creepy is like the, well, i think the third part of the cycle is like the boy you know also yeah. like that was pretty fucked and up what's most grotesque and visceral about it is every time the birth happens from a different part of the body. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it ends up like the first couple, like it seems sort of like a normal birth, like an orifice opens up like between its legs. Well, but then once it gets into the house at that point, it's just like then uh, a vagina just opens up on its back and it just births something or and out of the mouth. or coming out of the mouth, which is yeah. the last one, which is um, and like it just goes on and on yeah. and on it's well, like what's so wild. slow what's wild too is like and all of these these dudes are like naked right yeah. they're all naked and uh i mean same dude i guess like but like the first one with the green man too like or maybe it's the second i don't know uh it's such a blur uh, <laughs> um but like the it's like it's like a straddle back and like the it's like dick is flopping around like in the air you know, did y'all, did y'all see that? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. some floppy dong, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of floppy there's, dong There's plenty in this. of floppy like, dong. It does not shy away. Yeah. Uh, unlike the Northmen, uh, this movie does not shy away from some floppy no, dong. No, they did not CG out the dongs in this one. They hung the dong. Yeah, they hung. They hung the dong. Yeah, which one is wild. The, one of the elements that perplexed me the most out of the sequence is seeing Jesse Buckley's kind of almost nonchalance watching it like there's some confusion yeah but it it seems like her reaction to it is pretty subdued for what is occurring in front of her i think at that that point point, she's just overwhelmed yeah i feel it feels it feels like a shock reaction Um, also like she's been like drugged by the green man because there's a bit where the green man like blows the the dandelions dandelions, yeah um because they were dandelion sperm and egg and all that like and he yeah that she she inhales the dandelion to kind of make the character seem like she's been drugged or whatever so that she can be more catatonic like just witnessing these events but i mean the thing for me is that scene feels so much like her kind of processing yeah, well, you it's know, it's the acceleration of yeah. her of her grieving process. Yeah, so seeing her in this contextualized with her nonchalance, it felt kind of confusing to me. That that's one of the elements that I was kind of confused about. In that, like, it felt so subjective through her perspective that seeing her kind of no sell it. In the moment, yes, I also found that kind of confusing. But I think with with the context of where it ends up, it it feels like it makes more sense to me because it is like an acceleration of her processing what happened. Because, I mean, the ultimate culmination of this is that, 
eventually one of the Rory Kinnears gives birth to her husband. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the whole point with like the wounds, like his hand, his arm was like split in the same way from landing on the fence. His ankle was broken in the same way. So the, these men end up having the same wounds as he does. And every time one is birthed anew, you know, it has the same wounds. It's going through all of these men until finally it's not Rory Kinnear anymore. It's her husband who has the same wound. So like, it feels like this is a acceleration of her grieving process or her coping or whatever you want to call it that like she's been so overwhelmed by the fear and the terror up till this point that like at a certain point it's just like it just keeps coming rapid fire and she is just like working through it well because like the end of the the movie ends you know with her husband walking in and sitting down and be like look at what like this is what you did to me look at me and she's just like what do you want and he's like i want your love and she's like oh yeah <laughs> all right and it's kind of it it's like that's her like stripping away all the layers of like why is why was this motherfucker behaving the way he was why does this where does this behavior come from like what's at the root of it and it's just like it's just a petulant child's desire to be loved that's it that's all it is and then that's her realization that she's like oh yeah and then impact font credits then well and then uh have her friend showing up um yes her friend showing up and I love this because earlier when they her she'd been talking to her friend on the phone um which has been was sort of spliced throughout the film as uh, you know her friend being like oh hey should I be worried about you she recaps to she's her friend she's facetiming her friend she's yeah. facetiming her friend um and there's a moment where her friend says and it caught me kind of interesting is where she says like hey it's cool you know I'll come up there with you I'll make this time a little bit better since you're having a bit of a rough time of it or whatever like I'll watch you drink etc and I was like interesting interesting thing to note or whatever yeah, she says i'll watch you get pissed right you're right and so it's like oh you know the yeah, british for the, drink. Yeah, getting um, drunk yeah and uh and i was like okay interesting is she like formerly an alcoholic whatever what's going on with that and then of course when she shows up at the end she's, she's pregnant, pregnant. Yeah. she's gonna give birth to a man well, we that'll don't give know that birth to a man that'll give birth to a man she might give birth to a girl, but yeah. I mean, I think it just it that for me just kind of like cements like the whole like climax of like watching these men give birth to each other over and over again. It's like that's where that's coming from in her head is like her friend's pregnant. Mm-hmm. So she's got pregnancy on the brain. So that's why she's imagining like dealing with this as like these men just giving birth to each other over and over again. <laughs> the the Broroboros. The Broroboros. Yeah. Can uh, can we talk about the, the video calls and the the T-Mobile spooky face that keeps coming? Yeah. Up on how about calls? that? Yeah. What was that? Encroaching men. That's men coming. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Damn, they be listening. Because, like, yeah, the, the calls, like, the FaceTimes keep breaking up, and, like, in through sort of, the, like, the pixelatedness, you can see, like, a man's face, like, screaming. It's kind of, like, it's it's cool. I don't really know what it, like, is necessarily supposed, like, what the purpose of that is. It's kind of spooky. I, I dig it visually, 
but <laughs> nasty spooky angry man yeah, yeah nasty that, spooky i mean there's a lot of nasty thing. spooky angry how man about, in here. How, yeah. yeah how about that gender swap snapchat filter damn how about it how about it yeah i mean that the whole the whole friend thing seemed like a total macguffin like you know it's just her recapping and kind of you know grounding <laughs> in the story you know, it's a it's a it's a sympathetic female presence. Yes, that's what that's what it needs. Yes. It's just, it's a sympathetic female presence. I don't mind it. It's fine. You know, I mean, she doesn't serve much of a narrative purpose. Uh, it's it's it it's a grounding thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is the purpose of it is a sympathetic female presence, and that's what it yeah. is. Um, and I guess there's kind of something similar with like one of the police officers is a woman and she seems kind of sympathetic, yeah. but that doesn't really do I that that felt like a like it's something like that's so heavily like male dominated around this one woman. Like I was kind of surprised to see like the one female yeah. police officer. But they didn't give her Rory Kinnear face. Well, I think it's so that right, like, I wish they had. it's to kind of ease into the Rory Kinnears where like he's he's showing a little bit there, but like they need to have that conversation with yeah the they're still kind of yeah no yeah. that's that's fair they're still yeah, kind of easing into it i think that's the reasoning for it um you guys ever seen kind hearts and cornets no what the fuck is that it's a no, super old movie i might have mentioned it before on the alec podcast guinness right? alec guinness is every character in it which is why i bring it up mm. awesome. um it's like alec guinness is alec guinness is alec guinness and it's him playing um a destitute member of like a wealthy lordship family. It's been a long time since I've seen this. I'm probably going to get some details wrong. But it's him killing off all of his relatives so that he can be next in line for the money. Like for the lordship or mm. whatever it is. Or just like the, you know, like the wealth of the family. And so it's him killing off his, all of rich, his rich relatives that he also plays. Which is hilarious. So like it's pretty great. It really reminded me of that. Um, that same idea of like him killing off himself like over and over again. It was very fun. Yeah. Or maybe it's like starring someone else and like Alec Guinness plays all of the characters. I forget. I'm probably getting some details wrong, but I know it's got like like all the people getting killed off are the same actor at the very least. Yeah. Um, but it's a really fun idea. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of hearts and cornets. So I thought I'd just like gonna briefly mention it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a much better movie than a lot of the... Uh, <laughs> I think you said the, this uh, the multi... Character, uh, yeah, like killing off all your rich relatives. Well, Jack like, and like Jill, it's, a, it's an Jack antihero, and Jill or uh, the Medea movies. Yeah, or, fuck uh, those. Like, like this Norbit. is fun. He's yeah, he's he's Norbit. murdering all his relatives. Like it's a like, nutty professor. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's a way better premise than all of those. I think. I I mentioned it briefly earlier, but I want to emphasize the end credits of this movie use impact font. The third meaniest <laughs> font after Comic Sans and uh, Papyrus. And Papyrus. Yeah. Why impact. did you do this, Alex Garland? Because he's trying to make an impact, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> you know when I uh, did you think about when it when I you saw Men? Did you think about it? This essay in uh, in middle school, I would use impact font on the PowerPoint presentation because that's how you know it's it's it. It's important. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> it sounds like you understand. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what. I don't know well, what you're talking about. I turned is. thirteen, so. <laughs> 
Uh, are we ready to rate this? Yes. I think. Um, yes. Yeah, I guess. I I don't know if I have a rating, but I'll I'll see what comes to. Yeah, I, well, I think it's like I, I, over time, as I think about it more, it could be subject to change in either direction, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I especially in like a movie like this that's like so largely abstract. I feel like this is one that'll probably grow on me a little bit more than anything else. Yep. Um, and, you know, like, that was kind of the case with Annihilation as well. I would say that to date, this is probably my least favorite Alex Garland uh, output. That being said, like, he sets a very high bar, so, like, I didn't dislike this movie at all. And overall, I... I pretty thoroughly enjoyed it but i agree that it lacks some clarity of purpose it's a little too abstract it's not quite character grounded enough for me and it is a little pretentious but overall like great bad vibes (laughs) really good performances fantastic score beautifully shot definitely uh fucking weird uh so i'm gonna give it a four out of five i think on the ride home i was contemplating how i would approach rating a movie like this because in my head i could easily rate it anywhere from a two to a four and a half (laughs) and you know be like yeah that makes sense yeah um and so i will say like I do respect a lot of what Alex Garland is going at in terms of pure vibes, you know, the influences that he's pulling from and repulsion and antichrist. Great stuff. It this movie is very atmospheric. It feels like the most shallow of Alex Garland's movies in terms of what it's trying to say. I feel like there's is a lot more discussions to be had with all of Alex Garland's other work. Whereas this, I feel like it's open-ended, but I feel like it doesn't feel as deep as something like Devs or Ex Machina or Annihilation. But I will say, few other directors do stuff like this, and this is him as his most abstract and vibey, and I respect that in some ways. It's not a perfect movie. There's stuff I really don't like, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of narrative, but you know what? I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Ditto that. 3.5 out of five. I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well. Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> Baby back ribs. You Barbecue keep doing sauce. it. And it's based <laughs> off of a totally unrelated conversation that we were having before this. That the average listener of this podcast has zero context for. I don't care. It, so as funny. a joke, it does not I make sense. Talking about Matisse. Yeah. That was the motif Chili. of the score of the movie. That's right. You're right. It was all about baby back you know, Every time she like looked around her, her shoulder after walking through the woods, thinking there might be a stranger in the background, just very quietly in the distance. Chili. They spent a lot of money on that brand partnership, okay? Baby back with barbecue sauce. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that'll give men an, an average of 3.7 out of 5 pods. Um, um, we have prediction results. Do we? For Firestarter. Oh, we have for Firestarter. That's right. I was yeah. going to say, it's opening weekend for men. We, uh, 
But yeah, for men, you're right. Okay, well, let me men, pull up the, men in tights. Uh, the list here. Manly men. Do you have it? Uh, do you guys remember what we uh, no. gave a collective rating for Firestarter? No. For uh, I want to say it was one point eight, okay. one point well, seven. Good. Okay, this shouldn't be close, regardless. So I'll start with collective rating because I have it up right now. Uh, I predicted this would be a three out of five. TC predicted three point two, and Cleveland Oof. you predicted four. Uh, so, <laughs> <Lion> did <laughs> so I got that We were one. all way off. Yeah. Yeah. Way off. Uh, so Rotten we're Tomatoes. All optimistic. Uh, I predicted 60. TC predicted 64. Oh. And Cleveland, you predicted oh, 80. Oh, here it is, yeah. Same deal, uh, huh? It's an yeah. 11. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Wow. An 11? Wow. That is incredible. I don't um, think people are I'm, wrong. I'm not surprised. That's shit. funny shit. That's yeah. so funny. Uh, oh, man. Well, box office, yeah. uh, I predicted 44 <laughs> million. TCU predicted 36 million. And Cleveland, you predicted 75 million. Yeah, because I thought we were doing global. Uh, opening weekend, it was 3.8 million. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think just like across the board, this was the biggest whiff for all of us. In every single category, oh. the person who won was who happened to pick the lowest, but we all overshot dramatically yeah. in yeah. every single category. Wow. We had, we had obviously... Part. We obviously had such higher hopes for this. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so... Oh. Well, next week is a Patreon pick, and uh, this next episode comes courtesy of our uh, newest Patreon subscriber, our newest honorary pod boy, Zach. Zach Confer has chosen for us... Um, a movie called Black Mountainside that I don't think any of us have ever heard of. Yeah. It came out in 2014. The synopsis sounds interesting, but I've never fucking heard of this movie. So it's going to be a true wild card going in. Awesome. Uh, I I have no idea what to expect. Nope, me either. Zero expectations, uh, no fucking clue, don't know anything about this movie. Don't run a rope. So uh, tune in next week for a wild card episode, uh, courtesy of Honorary Pod Boy Zach. Uh, It is time for the sponsor. Right. Oh, this week is brought to you by... Baby back thanks. All right. Um. <laughs> Say baby back thanks. <laughs> Jeez. I want you to read this sponsor. You want me to read it? I, yeah, yeah. So we just did the chilies thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the card. I can't make this shit up. I pulled this at random. It's big chili. <laughs> I'm crying. How does this happen? 
was meant what to is be. What is going on? A true birthing. <laughs> we just rebirthed chilies. <laughs> We're the sponsor it. shelf rebirth chili. <laughs> we picked it random after making the chilies joke. Big <laughs> chilies. How does this? Yes. How does this happen? I don't know. This is a little frightening. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm a little scared, obviously. I'm scared. Oh no. Too powerful. The sponsor shelf is. Oh. Big, big chili. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Big Chilies. <laughs> 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 what's, the, what's the tagline? Big. <laughs> Baby, big chili back. Chili, big ribs. They're big. Chili's baby, big ribs. <laughs> fucking crying, man. This is the funniest goddamn thing that's ever happened for the sponsor, I swear. It's a wild one, but like, just like pulling Big Chili immediately after singing the Chili song is just gonna after, be... Really after, gonna a total, after a total non-sequitur <laughs> Chili's reference that has zero context to anything we've been talking about the fucking <laughs> You were giving me shit over like how Chili's doesn't have any context and then I pulled Big Chili. No, this was... I, I, take, I, take it, I take it back. This was yeah. predetermined. Yeah, it was ordained. This is divine intervention. Divine Chili-vention. Anyway... Uh, we need to end this soon. Yeah, we need to go. Uh, that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you like the show and you love Big Chilies, then be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. We appreciate you guys as always. You can follow the show on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. You can find me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for big chilies. (laughs) 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 I'm occasionally tweeting for Lighter Studios. We put out progress on its stairs back. Um, uh, we, uh, you can also find my work, uh, via DreadXP. Uh, most recently, DreadX Collection 5 is out. Go check it out. It is super fun and cool. Um, it's, uh, entertainment horror themed. It's 12 different games by 12 different incredibly talented devs. Um, and I did, uh, the cover art for the game and all of the, uh, the cool spooky posters and things inside of the, uh, the alien-themed, uh, sort of like an alien-themed Chuck E. Cheese. It's called a- Outpost 3000. It's a pizza it's, planet, like yeah, a Toy Story. Yeah, it's, it's like all of those things. And it's really fun, except uh, legal, legally distinct from all of them, please. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. But, um, uh, yeah, no, it, it was super fun to work on, and I, I do recommend checking it out. And, uh, that's it for me. All right, well, can we do one more time all together? Chilies!
Babies. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Baby Backman. With barbecue sauce. <laughs>